This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 522 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. On today's USDF episode, we have the chair from the USDF FEI Junior Young Rider Committee, Roberta Williams, to discuss everything about young riders. Followed by U.S. team member for the upcoming Pan Am Games, Jennifer Baumert. And then we will get a great trainer tip from Sarah Lockman. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. I think we've determined that today we all have heat stroke or something <laughs> so. because it's been a it's been quite a challenge to Rupert be recording all the, all the bits. Yes, if you're a member of the auditor program, you can get our blooper reels, and we may have a few that we've added tonight to the blooper, <laughs> blooper reel. So <laughs> just go to the Things Horse Radio the Network. Don't come out Join right, me. or yeah, all that kind of bumbly stuff. Yeah, it's it, it. Yes, it is very hot here, and I will say I also had a blooper over the weekend that is pretty worth sharing because it was such a disaster area. So. Um, it, it really was very hot here to, this weekend. And I typically try not to show in July here because it was just hot. But follow me and I, just the way the, the season worked, I really needed to try to get my qualifying scores for regionals at this particular show. Because uh, next week I'll be in Aachen with the Dressage Foundation Dream Program. So just the way the summer has worked out, I really, really had a little pressure to try to qualify. And it was his first third three of the year. So third three, as we all know, is starting to, there's some real stuff in there, some real collection and some changes and half passes and some real things. So uh, he was really good. We took him and it, it really was like, we, we wrote at three o'clock in the afternoon. Like it couldn't have been hotter. I honestly didn't even wear my coat. I didn't take my coat because I was not going to wear it. I had a real strict plan. I was warmed up for 15 minutes and I went in the ring and he was really quite good. He's he's turning out to be kind of a good boy. And it was the horse park, which can be a little bit challenging. Uh, but he handled that well. I'm going around the arena, and I feel him, like, throw his head up. And I'm like, oh, no, this is bad. I'm like, what just happened? Like, I knew something was funny. I thought, oh, my, a bug touched him or something. So I go around. And, of course, I have Janet Foy as a judge. And she's judging at Aachen. She's judging at the Pan Am Games. She's judging at the Olympics. So I'm like, oh, I really, really want to ride well for Janet. So I'm going around. And I come up the center line. I have to be honest. I got an eight in my center line. Super happy. I make my turn for my medium trot. He's a little funny in the bridle. And I'm like, oh, no, this is what is happening. So I get to the other end of the ring. And I'm riding the short side. At this point, he is bringing his legs up and kicking himself in the nose. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this, I had no idea he could do this. What is happening? So I turn to make my shoulder in. And he is, at this point, clearly uncomfortable and, like, not tossing his head, but trying to use his leg to wipe his nose. So I just stopped, let him get his nose problem organized, and I carried on. And if you saw it on video, it is just a disaster area. So I will say I got a two on the movement. The comment was itchy nose. And we proceeded. <laughs> 
and we did we did get our qualifying score but the first part of the test was first of all i didn't know yeah i didn't know he could pick his legs up that high i was really excited about that (laughs) but i had no idea but he i think he legitimately had a bug up his nose i have never had that happen in competition i hope it never happens again but I just decided as I'm That's going along. You just got to roll with it. Yeah. Yes, I mean, you don't want to go through the entire test with him throwing his legs around. So right. I just stopped and let him fix it. Let and I kind of looked at the message. And it felt like it went on for five minutes, but it was really like five seconds. And I just had to laugh and she laughed and we carried on. <laughs> it was clearly right. he was uncomfortable. So, but we did get our qualifying score. Happens so to everybody. Great. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It just happens. And at some point you just have to laugh and remember they're big horses and he's still on the younger side and not as experienced as I would like him to be. So it was pretty funny. So now I, now I, but it, I think it was a Japanese beetle. They were all over and I think it legitimately flew up his nose. So that was my story from the weekend. He had a good but, excuse. He wasn't being bad. That's not a bad horse. You know, he's not he a bad wouldn't horse. Be bad. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes yeah. you just gotta, Bugs. gotta let him itch his nose. So yeah. we all had a laugh over it. So I have now had that happen in competition. So. I hope none of you have that happen. But if you do, my advice would be stop and let them get the bug out of there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that was my, my, you have a horse show this weekend, don't you, Phil? Not me, myself, but I, I have to go. Well, I don't have to go, but I mean, I'm going. I'm going to be uh, supporting, actually, my wife. That'll be my uh, big challenge over this weekend. And then next weekend on Thursday, we leave. I, I am showing a horse Next week in the FEI six-year-olds, so we're you know really happy about that. Really getting going. So this is the time of year to uh, make hay, literally okay. and in, figuratively, in right? Yes, yeah. in Canada, so. for sure. Yeah. yeah, in Kentucky we don't show because it's miserably hot. But <laughs> we wish you luck for sure. Well, we have a great show, USDF show this month, and we're gonna stop with a commercial break, and we'll come back with Roberta Williams, who is the chairwoman of the USDF US FEI Junior Young Rider Program. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, I am so happy tonight to have Roberta Williams. She's an FEA rider and trainer, and she's the chairwoman of the USDF FEI Junior Young Rider Program. Roberta, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, and you're also a friend of mine, so it's also fun just to chat with you. Uh, In the evening, it's very (laughs) nice. (laughs) And I've known you since I did Young Riders. That was a long, 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 long time ago. It it was actually a while ago. (laughs) That makes me older than dirt. Yeah, um. <laughs> way to start the interview but we're we're really excited yeah. i mean this is a program that's near and dear to all of our hearts uh, my family and your family um so we wanted to start tonight to talk a little bit about the history of this program because it's been going on for a while thank you phil for the reminder uh so roberta can you start us off with that it started back in i believe the 70s and it was um something that both Canada and the United States were wanting to do. And I believe the first one was in Canada and it was called the continental young riders championships. 
uh, for many years. And it started off for eventing. Later, they added dressage and then jumping. And it went to Flying Horse Farm in Massachusetts for the eventing. Um, and as it started to grow, it was really important that the organizers kept the three disciplines together. And for the longest time, it was the highest rated horse show out um, in North America outside of the Pan American Games or the Olympic Games, because it also had, you know, like the Pan Am Games and the Olympics had all of the disciplines together. So uh, then it had a name change and it became the North American Young Riders Championships even though it is still a continental championship. Uh, and what makes it unique besides having the three disciplines is that the FEI, and to my knowledge, this is the only uh, event that the FEI has allowed us to do it with, is that they allow for dressage the regions in the United States, the nine USDF regions, to compete as if they were their own countries and the same with the provinces in Canada. So for jumping at zones and for eventing its areas. So that is no doubt unique. So it gives the kids a real team um, experience. So for many years back in the, I think it was in 1985, it was at Temple Farms. And that is where a lot of the ideas for coming up with these programs really percolated. Uh, you had people like Jack Fritz and General Burton, uh, Jessica Ranzahausen. Um, everybody stayed up in what they called the guest house, which is where all the officials stayed. And after the day's competition, these officials and these people would sit around a swimming pool or sit in a big living room and started to percolate ideas, which it was just like this huge, like equestrian brain trust, if you will. David Disler was part of it. Eric Strauss was part of it. Um, Jack LaGoff was part of it. Um, David O'Connor came in later in later years. So it, it had a real firm foundation. And each discipline came up with their own programs, uh, probably the strongest of which was the dressage program, most likely because Temple Farms was pretty dedicated to dressage. Um, they, they had a beautiful cross-country course, and that was when they did the long format as well. They had a steeplechase. They did roads and tracks. So as time went on, um, there was sort of a demand to try to move the event around the country. Um, I'm sorry to say that it happened, I think Canada had it twice, but because of the financial drain on having young riders in Canada, twice they tried it again and they had to sort of bail out on it. So um, they've not put in bids for uh, this event for many, many years. So it went to Colorado, then it went to Lexington, Virginia, um, then it ended up in Kentucky for a long, long time. So where we're at right now is we're, for the first time, I think it was three years ago, uh, young riders got split apart in terms of the disciplines. 
and eventing went to Rebecca Farm in, I think it's Kalispell, Montana, and dressage and jumping went at first to Saugerties, and now this year and last year we're at Old Salem Farm in New York. So that's a long answer to how it started. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's such a phenomenal program. And, and do you know the numbers of how many riders have gone through the program at all? You know, that resets a really good question, and I don't know the answer to that. But I know that it has fostered some pretty, pretty big names and competitors. Um, Adrian Lyle competed at Young Riders. Uh, Kathleen Rain competed at Young Riders. Um, for those who are older than dirt, like myself, um, Greg Best with Jim Twist, he I believe he had the gold medal in jumping in Seoul, Korea. He had that horse at Temple Farms and Young Riders. I think, didn't Karen O'Connor in eventing ride at Young Riders? Probably. But it's, and it also, the people who, it's interesting to me is that the people who've ridden at Young Riders come back to it in one form or the other. They they stay pretty devoted to it because it is, it's a life-changing event, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it was what my family and I did for many summers growing up. I mean, that was that was what we lived for. And my poor mother had my sister and I, and I know she prayed a lot that either we both made it or we both didn't make it, but one didn't. So <laughs> thankfully, they, we, we both made it the times we tried out together. And, and so, I mean, it really was a family affair, getting the horses there and, and getting qualified. And so kind of moving on to that, like, can you explain to people how you qualify for the Junior Young Rider Championships? Because it is not easy to get there. No, it's not easy. It's not easy to get there. And you have to, um, the step-by-step really is, is for dressage, is for a rider or the rider's trainer to contact the USDF and get get on the mailing list, get on the email list. And the rider should find in my opinion, a trainer who has gone to young riders and who is familiar with it because it is an FEI sanctioned event. And so there are a lot of rules that have to be followed and even more importantly, not just the rules themselves, but deadlines. Because this is the big time baby. You miss a deadline, that's it. You don't you don't get to say my dog you know, ate my entry or my internet went down and I tried to send it in. If you miss, if you miss the deadline, you're out. But what we do is we have a series of every region has qualifying events. And so the rider needs to ride a junior test, a junior individual test. I'm assuming they're juniors to start with. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, to, to go chronologically, they ride the junior individual test, they ride the junior team test, and they have to ride a freestyle. And they have to give us three scores from junior individual tests, three scores from team tests, and they have to ride a freestyle and get a minimum score of a 65% to show capability. Could you tell us the ages of what's considered a junior and what level a junior is considered? Well, for the juniors, we consider it basically third level. 
because they do have to do half pass and flying change. And they are ages 14 to 18. And the young riders are 16 to 21, I think. Yeah. 16 to 21? Yep, 16 to 21, that's right. And so the young riders is Precinct George. They have to do two temp, uh, three tempies and four tempies and half pirouettes. So they, and what we've done is we've made certain that the requirements for uh, the NAYC are similar requirements as to the USCF national championships so that we don't have riders getting confused between the requirements for each of those so that they're pretty much uniform. And if a rider chooses not to go to NAYC for whatever reason, they can go, they've qualified to go to the USCF national championships, which will be at Lamplight um, later this year. So the team scores and the individual scores get averaged. And so the overall average from the rider in the region uh, will determine whether or not they make a team. And it's the top four riders from a region. Each team is a four-person team, they, but only three scores count, so there's one drop score. When they go to young riders, they can have a team of just three riders. Uh, right now, what we're dealing with is that we're as we're approaching getting the teams ready to go to Old Salem in a couple of weeks, we have some regions that could not field a team. And so they have individual riders. And those riders, a region can have one individual or two individuals, meaning they didn't have enough to make a three-man or a four-man team. So if they go to young riders as individuals, they still have to ride the team test in order to determine if they can move forward to ride the individual test. The individual test, this is just like how they do in the Olympics, the individual test then allows them to move forward to the freestyles. And one of the things that we've found in our program is that we have a lot of riders, and I'm going to stand on my little, get on my soapbox, that when they go to young riders, they haven't really paid too much attention to their freestyles. They haven't put as much work into it as they probably should have. So, because sometimes we have the kids say, oh, well, you know, I just got my freestyle music two weeks ago or last week, or even we've had kids say, oh, I got it yesterday. So I've never ridden it before my qualifying. So we made the qualifying for the freestyles a little bit more difficult this year. As I said, we've raised the, the qualifying score, the score to determine capability to 65%. So that they will take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, and because the freestyle is the thing that people come to watch. So if the riders are lackadaisical about their freestyles, and it's their chance to show the general public why dressage is so cool, and they've only ridden it once or twice, with a lot of them, it shows. It, you know, they should take it more seriously. Yeah, so but in, like you said, it's how, in preparation for international competition. That's yeah, at the end of the day, exactly. you know, this is essentially it used I, we used to call it the Junior Olympics. I mean, that's what it is, and and that's the type of caliber of riders yeah. that you're going 
which is also what's so fun about going to that competition because you're exposed to that type of event and other other also other kids if you will that will that are doing the same thing you are so i know myself and and i have a lot of friends we are still friends that we met at young riders we stayed in contact and and that's one of the the fun part of the event i think is also getting to meet people that are like you which is quite fun from all over the country right, right. <laughs> more, more more weird dressage riders but you know we also try to emphasize the team aspect it's it's our one event that is team oriented and we do have kids that chosen not to ride as adults they've gone off in different pro- professions but Reese you remember Alicia Salazar yes yes I do okay she she was a young rider from region two and she rode um I think for four years and she medaled and she went on to become an ER doctor she came back to young riders. She doesn't ride anymore, but she came back to young riders to volunteer to help be a medic. And she told us that riding at young riders taught her how to work as a team and that it helps her so that she has teamwork when she's in the ER and they have a big crush of patients coming in that because of young riders and what she had to do to pull together as a team, it has helped her in her career. Yeah. And to me, that is, for me, it's more than just the riders going off to the Olympics. It's, it's the good citizen building that it does. It, it makes better people in the end. And if they're with horses, that's, then that's, you know, the icing on the cake. But it it builds character. So now I'm off my soapbox. (laughs) You're absolutely right, Roberta. I mean, I think that's what's life-changing about this program. And, you know, I'm I'm now, you know, I was able to go four times. My sister as well. My sister, um, we got the team medal and my sister has an individual medal. And, you know, it it was really life-changing for our family and what we did. And and it really, truly, so I'm with Roberta. It's really a life-changing program. but it really does require, you know, you need the proper coaches, you need the proper understanding, you can't, you have to get your paperwork. These are all things that will, you need to know for later in your career as well, if you continue to be a professional rider. And a lot of professional riders have come out of the Young Rider program. A lot of certified instructors, a lot of judges um, have come through the program. It's a, it's just a phenomenal program. And there are, also, there are other resources as well, right, Roberta? There's coaching. Can you talk about some of the other resources that are available through the Young Rider program? Um, and how do you mean as resources, the being able to well, define that you, a little bit? Yeah, so you, you're able to, eventually you can get to coaching if you're on the top of the list. You get to, to George Williams, the, who is the Young Rider team coach for USEF. There, there are ways to continue on with the program, right? Not just the competition. Right. We have, so what we did uh, probably, I think it's now been over 10 years. Um, we sat together and we decided that we really wanted to make a pipeline that young riders would sort of siphon the riders up from, you know, juniors to to the young rider level to the developing level 
and get them to start getting these riders in front of, at the time it was Klaus Falkenhall. And how are we going to do that? So USCF and USDF sort of now dovetail in the programs so that when we have like a USDF young rider clinic, which the riders have to apply to ride in it, they have to send us a video, a little five minute video and answer questions. Um, and so with these young rider clinics, George Williams, my husband, he teaches them and he is the U.S. Uh, youth coach. Uh, we had Charlotte Bredahl, who was the assistant youth coach, and she was teaching them. Anne Gribbins, who was the former uh, technical advisor to the U.S. team, she teaches them. So we have high-level coaches and instructors teaching these clinics. And these clinics are also observation clinics that then after the clinics are over and they start, you know, the clinicians start talking, then some of these riders are then either recommended to be, um, to move forward to some more elite programs, which would be an interview that you should do with George because he can tell you all about those. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, but at the event itself, the youth coach is there and is available for coaching. And not just coaching the individual rider, but is available so that the rider's coach is can be helped. The U.S. coach and, and all of our coaching programs, it is not that they are going to take over the individual rider. If a rider already has a coach, then our U.S. coaches are supposed to help that coach with their rider. So, so it's sort of encouraging not just the riders, but it's also the coaches of these riders. I don't know if I said that well enough. Yeah, no, but, it's fantastic. Uh, it's yeah. a support system for you know for everybody that is involved with a single rider. We know how big uh, a riding you know family or support system can be. So right. I think that it's supposed to augment that and and help it and and not to. Not to say, oh, your coach is not good enough or, or an expert or at young riders or, or whatever, but just to, I think it's a way of helping everybody learn and, and get better and and the whole system improves. Right. And and what we want is, you know, we we need to reach those coaches. The coaches who are up in Nebraska or Idaho, um, who who have managed to educate themselves enough to get kids to young riders, but they need help themselves. And we don't ever want them to feel that they can't reach out and get help or that they should ever feel that these coaches are going to be stealing their clients um, because that's, that's not the goal. It's like you said, it's, it's to be a real support system. And I, I think now it's working better than ever before with George and Charlotte and Debbie McDonald and Christine Traurig. You know, they're young riders isn't just it's it's little thing by itself. It's now part of a, a systematic pipeline to try to get these riders to eventually, you know, represent the United States. 
it's, it's just a phenomenal program. And yeah, and these are some, some ways that the program can help. Um, so Roberta, if, if somebody has a kid or a young rider or, or a junior that they would like to get more information about the programs, and how can they find that through the USDF? So what they should do is um, every region has a regional coordinator. And that regional coordinator um, is listed on the USDF website, uh, the names and the telephone numbers and the email addresses of who the regional coordinator is. So if you're a trainer, let's say in Nebraska, um, you look up on the website or you can call USDF and say, I'm in region four and who do I talk to? Okay, regional coordinator for region four is Nancy Gordon. And so call, I like doing telephone calls because I think they're much more informative than emails. But I contact Nancy Gordon and Nancy becomes aware of this rider and this coach or this mom and rider want more information. And that starts the dialogue. Then we highly, highly recommend the riders look to see where the regional clinics are and apply to either ride in the clinic and and or audit the clinic. And for the riders who ride, who apply for the clinic, what we do do is, you know, there is a minimal application fee. I think it's $25. But if they're not selected to ride, you know, and sometimes we have 30 kids apply for these clinics now. And if they're not selected, yeah. It's a lot of videotapes yeah, to watch. Yeah. Um, but if, if they're not selected, USDF doesn't keep the money and say, okay, great, we just we just made 25 bucks off of you. We apply that to the auditing fee so that they can just come and they can audit. And during those clinics, there's a theory session that all of the auditors are, are part of so that they can get get information. And it's a good place for... Um, oftentimes the regional coordinator is there so that the kid and the, the parent or the coach, it's their chance to ask the questions that they're uncomfortable asking or afraid to ask. Um, it's just a good good place to be. So once they do that and they're in the system, they should start getting emails about information. Uh, we also have a young rider, USDF has um, a Facebook page. I know they have a Twitter account that they send stuff out. But also, I think trying to go to horse shows, I'm a little bit old fashioned, but going to horse shows and seeing who the other young riders are and who the other young rider coaches are to go up to them and talk to them and ask them, say, hey, you know, how did you find this out or what did you find out? And the start, I think. I think one of the things that we've lost along the way that we need to regain now that I've just said this program is so great, but we still need to get a little bit more, you know, face-to-face and engage more with each other like it was when you went through grief yeah, because was there so was, <laughs> yeah, we had a great yeah. time. We had a great time. Yeah. It, it's really, a, you know, like I said, I really truly have very good friends, many of which come on the radio show because they're good friends and they have been right. friends for years. Come on. So, Roberta, what's an email address uh, that we can give our listeners, either to yourself or someone in the committee that can can help a parent if they need some help? 
Um, my email address, and I'm, I I answer questions all the time, and I'm happy to do it, um, is R-O-G-E-O-W-M as in Michael, S as in Sam, at AOL.com. So if you look at it, it's an abbreviation of my name and George's name. So Roe for Roberta, Joe, G-E-O for George, Williams for Williams. And if Perfect. you ever want to get in touch with George, if you ever want to get in touch with George, <laughs> this is slip. He's Joe Roe Williams. So, but, okay. Oh, yeah. I, love I know. <laughs> That's when AOL was just starting, so we, it was the only way we could remember it. Yeah. But, but, I love it. I love it. But, you know, now we're talking about trying to uh, reach down and, and bring along the children as maybe it won't be part of the North American Youth Championships. Maybe it will, but the children's division or dressage is starting to take off. And we do have a children's division at the um, USCF National Championships. Um, it's not a team competition, but it is something that's up and coming and kids should really start looking to that. And it's an FBI and, and, the, po- and the ponies bracket. too? Ponies, Children's yeah. and ponies? Children's and ponies. Pon- yeah. Ponies, you know, the crazy thing is, is that, yes, we've been working on ponies for 20 years and <laughs> the ponies, ponies like being over in the hunter world. <laughs> we have, we, you know, it's just somehow it's not like it is in Europe. And I think in Europe it's because they have a lot of pony breeders and so they have an ability yeah, to push ponies. the ponies. Yeah, but yeah. over here... You know, the parents who think that they can they can get a horse that their 12-year-old child can ride and maybe ride at FEI Children's, and that horse might be able to then move into the juniors, whereas the ponies really can't. Ponies you know, can't. you can't yeah, have a pony, yeah, you know. So, because of, so we just started the pony division at, uh, at the national championships, at the USCF national championship at Lamplight. And we were shocked at how many were interested in road. And now, now we've got another sort of pipe in our pipeline. That's it's awesome. pretty cool. And it's kind That's of cool. exciting. That's really cool. Um, yeah, it is. Then, you know, it, it helps the sustainability of our sport. Right. Right. I love it. Well, Roberta, we can't thank you so much for coming on the show and you're just such a wealth of knowledge of the program and it's amazing. And and we can't thank you so much for all you do for all of us and the kiddos. Uh, We really appreciate it. And uh, she is the lady if you need, if you need some more information. So Roberta, thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, we can't wait to hear how the, how the championships are in a couple weeks. We can't wait to hear how they go. Well, let's just keep our fingers crossed that there's no rain. Yes, uh, last year we had a lot of rain, but Old Salem Farm, for anybody who wants to come, it is beautiful. And the arenas are are just stunning, just stunning. They're GGT footing, and, and it was really, truly a championship event. And for the people out there who are interested in scribing, we're going to be doing the e-scribing system that 
uh, I think they're going to use at the Olympics. That's the one that we use at Global. So people who are interested in that should let us know. And yeah. Cool. So, awesome. Well, Roberta, thank you so well, much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you for having me. Well, I hope listening to Roberta's interview really helps anyone that has a, a little one that's starting dressage or, or a, a rider that's getting ready for young riders. So we hope that helps. And we're going to come back right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products with Jennifer Baumert for the U.S. Pan American team in Lima. She swallowed hard as they walked into the start box. She could feel his muscles tense under her leg. Five, four, three, two, one. Have a great ride. She didn't have to ask. He galloped out of the box and across the field toward their first training level course. His ears pricked. Her heart pounded. He attacked each obstacle with confidence, clearing them with room to spare. A huge smile broke out on her face as she crossed through the finish flags. She leaned forward and buried her face in his neck. Their bond of love and trust blocked out all else. This love story is brought to you by Elevate. Research proven to have superior bioavailability. Elevate supplies the essential vitamin E often missing from the equine diet. Its all-natural formula supports healthy muscle and nerve functions. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. I am very honored today to have um, one of the U.S. team members for Lima, Peru, Jennifer Baumer. Jennifer uh, is an FEI rider and trainer and really has truly been my, my person and mentor for many years. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Reese. I'm so glad to be here. We have funny stories. We'll save them for another time. But Jen has been my yes, person to save me over the years. <laughs> but I couldn't be more excited for you and uh, Betsy Giuliano's ha- handsome to be going to Peru. What does it feel like? You're you're on a U.S. team. That's so cool to say. Oh, oh my gosh, it's really surreal. I'm like, I'm really kind of caught up in the moment, and it's been a long, you know, selection process, and then even after the the qualifying shows ended it was a really long time so it was like really hard to you know do you operate under the assumption you're going or do you just be like you know oh it was really tough but the 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 announcement day was um it 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 felt even better than I thought it would feel like it was really pretty special I love it well Jen tell us a little bit about yourself and your riding history so I grew up in a in a riding family. My mom was a trainer. And so I grew up, you know, she's always a dressage trainer and I fancied myself an inventor until I realized that I didn't really have, you know, the, the guts to do that to the, to the level that is the top. So, um, I eventually made my way back to dressage and, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, really thank my mom for all my good foundation and, giving me wings and, you know, sort of finding, finding my way. And she's still to this day, my biggest supporter and helping me all the time. So yeah, that's sort of how I came into the dressage scene. And obviously as most of us, we have our, 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 uh, lots of experiences along the way that shape us. Yeah. 
Well, we met, I was trying to remember when we met your family, but you guys have, have been a part of yeah. my sister and my training for true. many years. Gosh, I, I don't it's even know true. what we want to talk about. Yeah, but long time. And so it's, it's yeah. even more fun when you really have someone that you respect and, and are yeah, so excited your about going. Your sister was in Connecticut with us and yep. I, you and I spent time in, in Germany together. So, you know, and that was obviously a big part of, you know, shaping my way was spending spending time there with both Conrad Schumacher and Klaus Balkenhall, which I'm very fortunate to have had those experiences. Yeah, again, we have really funny ones about going, you teaching me to go to the grocery store. I mean, we got lots of oh, them. Yeah. We'll, we'll save them <laughs> for, for a different interview. But uh, so tell us about Handsome, because he really is handsome. Oh, beautiful. He, he really is. And, you know, previous to... Um, you know, my relationship with handsome, I used to call all the male horses in my life, handsome, like, Hey, handsome. handsome. And so now there's only one handsome. So I have to call the other male horses like buddy or something, or their actual name. (laughs) (laughs) Find a different descriptor. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. So he's, he's an amazing horse and you know, the journey with him has been really special. Like, you know, we all have those horses in our lives that you've sort of gone through a little bit with. I mean, handsome. When I first started to work for Betsy, he, you know, he's an obviously stunning horse and quite a mover and, you know, he's got all the talent in the world, but he was a crazy introvert. Like it was kind of like for the first, at least year, if not more that I rode him, I'm like, does this horse even like me? Like (laughs) he would never say no. Like that you ask that horse anything. You, you know, he'd never say no, but there wasn't like a, a real zest for like the, any, really anything, the work or cuddling or anything like he, he was just very introverted. And so it's been really fun over the years to see him change because he is, he is not like that anymore. Like, I mean, <laughs> he is, he's such a character and he's got personality oozing out of him. He's, um, he really likes routine. You know, we generally ride around the same time of day. He gets turned out around the same time of day. And at the end of the day, he knows when I'm done riding all the other horses that I'll probably take him out for a graze. So if he sees me not on a horse, you can't even believe how much that horse knickers. And it makes me feel really great. And I know, I know it's just because he wants me to take him out for grass, but still, you know, <laughs> you take him special. He's just a character. And, you know, I mean, he's, he's a really neat horse because I think he has like basically a lot of natural confidence, but like horses, you know, horses that have natural confidence, if, if, if they are put in a situation, they are not confident. Sometimes it really sets them off. And so he was a little bit like that. So getting him more worldly, um, has been you know, uh, you know, part of the challenge, you know, he's, I feel like, I don't quite feel like I could like ride him in the Macy's day parade, but like, you know, <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, before it would be like, Oh, maybe we'll avoid that situation over there. Now it's like, Oh, that could be an adventure, you know? So he's really, he likes an adventure, but uh, he does, you know, he's, uh, it's just, it's just been really fun to see him, him come, you know, you just come out of a shell and he's a very happy horse. I don't think he was an unhappy horse when I 
met him, but like, I just feel like he has, he is now an extremely happy horse. He found his person. He likes what his it job. Like. And he, yeah. yeah his and you person. know, yeah, it's, it's not just me. It's the, I mean, we, Morgan Queensmith, my groom is amazing. He loves her and, and Betsy, of course. So, you know, I just think that like, you know, all the experiences we've had and, and the confidence that has come from, you know, this whole journey has just really, really brought him out of his skin and kind of let him be, you know, really, I, I just think uh, on the scale of one to 10, this horse is like a nine or 10 unhappy, which is well, very well, that's rewarding. A test, that's Coming a testament out, to right. you, Jen. That's, exactly. That's Coming because out. of you, you didn't push him beyond the his, whole team. his abilities and you didn't rush him through a training process and you're the, you know, they get, they get confidence from good riding and good training. So, and the whole team that we have is, team. is, is yeah. really builds that up. That's huge. That's huge. So Jen, the, tell us now what happens. It's, we're recording. It's actually July 2nd. So mm-hmm. what happens now in, in your training? Like what happens now going into yeah. Peru? So I'm really lucky because I'm able to take lessons with Debbie remotely by, via Pixio. So, you know, I had a lesson on Monday and I was supposed to have one tomorrow, but now it's been changed to Thursday. So, you know, we're, uh, she's in Europe and we're able to keep a good training schedule. And, um, you know, I mean, he feels so good right now. So, you know, he knows his stuff and it's really a matter of, you know, kind of working on the details, but also just keeping him feeling really good in his body and keeping him feeling fresh and, you know, just trying to to peak at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah, think that's, that's a challenge, that's, right? That's like a that's, big time. Yeah. It, is. Yeah. it is. That's what kind of stuff you're doing for the horse as far as you know that our athletes have a lot of massage yeah. and chiropractic. I mean, you know, people might be interested yeah. to see what's going on behind the scenes to, you to know, help the horse stay, he, um, stay fit. Yeah, yeah, he's been a ridiculously sound. I mean, this horse is so sound. He I'm not going to right now. Just my head and wood just saying everybody yeah. not going Oh, wood. yeah. I'm not superstitious <laughs> like that. So I tend to say things like that and, you know, <laughs> and too. other people freak it's out so about wrong. it. I'm yeah. Out. Right. Yeah, it's good. I'm no, he's out. really like, he's just, you know, he, he requires very little maintenance, but you know, he's got a very long back. And so keeping his back healthy is really our main the main thing. And, you know, we do that with, we actually, he doesn't get massage. I'm, I'm, I don't think we're against massage, but it's just not a part of our program. He gets chiropractic work and, you know, other therapies on his back. And, you know, I spend a lot of time stretching him, he, you know, making sure he, the difference between when he feels good in his back and when he doesn't is, is pretty massive. He's, um, he's, like I said earlier, he's never one to say no, but like when his back feels good and the connection is good, he's, he's like really gets on fire. And when, when, when something's not right, I don't want to say he shuts down because that's way too strong of a word, but he's just kind of like, Oh, sorry, lady. It's really like put so much effort into it, you know? <laughs> so we, you know, we definitely do a lot of work with his back and he gets laser and shockwave and some chiropractic. And, well, I say shockwave, but that's really, really infrequent, you know, here and there where I'm lucky enough, I should mention to have a situation where, literally everything and anything that could be done for him is done. So that's, yeah, but that's, that's, know, huge that's, too. that's part of it, right? 
Well, yeah, and that's and part it's of making I've a team. I've never enjoyed today, but today, and that's because of Betsy. I mean, Betsy really does, you know, everything for all her horses. I mean, honestly, it doesn't matter whether they're retired or whether they're about to go to the Pan Am Games. She is absolutely about the best interest of all those horses, hands down. Yeah. And she's a, she's a wonderful supporter of dressage and, and we're all thankful that she has wonderful horses and riders like yeah. yourself that, that take care of the, such great care of the horses. And like you said, that's, that's a huge part of making a, a team, right? It's, it's like any other it professional is. athlete, but that, that requires someone that will fund that. And, and so it's yeah. very, you know, great for our whole team that, that Betsy's here for us and, and she's doing that. And, and we're so, we're just so very excited about all you guys. So what's the schedule now? You, you're, you're in, you're in train. When does training camp start? And when do you guys leave, leave for Peru? It starts on the 16th training camp starts in Florida, which is a Tuesday. And then um, we'll arrive a little bit early because our, our farrier is in Florida. And so and he'll be due. So, you know, we, and obviously we have a home base there, not very early because it's going to be hot. And we, mm-hmm. you know, that's not something that Hanson does well with. First of all, he's not, you know, super great in the heat, like a lot of horses. Um, but, and we don't, it's not even like we need to get used to that. You know, it's not going to be like that in Peru. So right, it's going to be winter. We didn't, we didn't yes. think about that, but it's winter, winter. in Peru. So. I know, I know, which is really great for him. And I just hope it's not too cold so I can feel <laughs> my hands, you know. Anyway, he, and then I, I, uh, we leave the 21st. Fantastic. Well, sure. we are here at the Dressage Radio Show and, and me and my family personally, we can't wait and we're going to be cheering you guys on. So um, if our listeners have questions or want to so find more about your training program, how can they do that? Well, um, you can Facebook message me. That's pretty easy. Uh, or, you know, I don't unfortunately right now have a website, but I love communicating with people. So Facebook message probably the easiest thing. Perfect. Well, we are going to be cheering you on and go Team USA in the Pan Am Games. Yes, go Team USA. And I'm really excited because I I think that we have a great team and I'm looking forward to getting to know everybody better. I know two out of three of them, you know, pretty well. And I think it's going to be really fun to have that bonding experience together. Yeah, you guys are going to have a killer team. We're we're excited. Every one of the the riders uh, have been a supporter of our show, so we're excited for you guys. So we yes. can't wait, mm-hmm. and and we can't wait to touch base with you after the games. Yes, definitely. I'd love that. I'd really love that. Well, Philip, I have to be honest. At the horse show, I really use my stability stirrup leathers <laughs> to stay horse... stable while your horse was bouncing around a little bit. Yeah, it, it it actually helped quite a lot. Like we actually ride in these stirrup leathers. Justin from Total Saddle Fit uh, makes it you know makes it possible that we try them, and I love them and I have them in all my saddles. And this weekend with Bug Gate 2019, I really use these stirrup leathers, and they really they really help when your horse is flying around. I will I will tell you that. So um, they're fantastic products and um we hope if you have any questions look at totalsaddlefit.com uh and if you have any questions they are great at customer service yeah they have a great guarantee on their products that you know if you don't like you know i think you get you get a month if you still if you don't like them send them back there's they'll send you your full money plus the shipping with with no problems they don't ask any questions just they make it really easy for you to to enjoy their products Absolutely. Well, we have a great total saddle fit tip of the week from Pan Am team and 19 team member, Sarah Lachman. We hope you enjoy.
This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we are so happy to have U.S. team member for the Lima, Peru Pan American Games, Sarah Lockman from Summit Farm. Sarah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Well, Sarah, we'll get right into it. What is your Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week? So my tip of the week for all of us type A dressage riders out there that practice, practice, practice until everything is perfect is don't forget those walk breaks. I find in my training sessions, daily training sessions with my horses, that it is so important to remember that these animals are athletes and we are asking them to perform at the height of their athletic ability. And just like you and I would be at a gym running on a treadmill, it's so important to take walk breaks and think of these horses really as athletes. They need time for the lactic acid to release out of their muscles. They need the mental break so that they can really, you know, absorb what you just taught them in the five, four, three minute session that you did before. But I, but I do find in my experience, especially clinicking, that most of us are not taking enough walk breaks. So next time you're riding, try it. Give your horse an extra walk break. You know, do a subject and then let him have a walk. Now, all of us have different horses with different temperaments and different levels of ability. And so you can pick your type of walk break. I have horses of my own that love a on-the-buckle, let-everything-go, I call it clearing the slate walk break. And I have horses that in the midst of the ride, we might take a walk break, but it's working on our working walk and it's working on our extended walk or working on our walk pirouettes. I think all of us need to remember that in every test, the walk is a coefficient. And most of the time we are not working on our walk enough. So my tip of the week is remember those walk breaks for your horse's health, happiness, and for those coefficients. That's, that's perfect. That's a wonderful yeah. tip. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect, Sarah. Well, Sarah, if our, riders, our listeners have any more questions, how can they find you online? Oh, if you have any more questions or want to find more information about myself, my training, or my horses that I have for sale, please check out my website, www.summitfarm.com. Well, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. They make us happy and uh, we will, we have a few more in the queue and we, we've had quite a busy summer already, so we will get to them, we promise. And if you have any more questions or comments, please feel free to email Philip and I. The USDF, the United States Dressage Federation, is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, everybody, and we will talk to you next week.